Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday Night Mystery Club. I'm your host, Caitlin McCluskey, and this is the show where I tell a guest a mystery story and they try to guess the solution. And today I have, for the first time, my dad, Gary. Woo! <laughs> and we have, to, we have to move a little quickly today because it is the juniors finals in half an hour. Canada, US. Canada, US finals. Uh, Canada's gonna win, of course, we have no doubts. No, that's true. Don't really need to watch it. <laughs> Pass the time. They've been steamrolling this competition. I didn't realize there was tier two and tier three competition. There's a tier two and tier three as well? Not this year, but most years. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Apparently China plays. Huh. Who knew? <laughs> oh, that's true. How else do they get someone to come up to tier one? Yeah. So today, well, first off, I'm drinking decaf real gray tea because I'm sleepy and I want to go to bed soon. Okay. Uh, and I just like Earl Grey. No reason. <laughs> That's where we're at. And today we're doing a story called The Four Suspects from the book The 13 Problems. And I've done, I think, two of the stories from this book before. And the idea is that you've heard of Miss Marple. And she, she's so fantastic at solving little, little problems or, or big problems in different scenarios. And so these problems are, she's gotten together with people at like a dinner party or that kind of setting, and they all tell a story and everyone else kind of tries to guess what happened or kind of, that's kind of the idea. So in this one, she's at a dinner party with her friends, the Bantries. So that's Colonel Bantry and Mrs. Bantry, and they live at... Um, I think it's called Gosington Hall at the time, which is like the big mansion in the village. So it'd be, you know, all the village houses and then on the outskirts, there's the big, the big town house. No, but it's a mansion. It's massive. Yep. Assumedly. So they're at, they're at the Bantries for dinner and they've got Sir Henry Clithering, who is ex-commissioner of Scotland Yard. So he's a big, big deal. And he comes up in a lot of the stories as well. These are all kind of recurring characters. Right. And so Sir Henry Clithering has met Miss Marple before and knows how... Clever she clever is. Clever she... Yeah, exactly. How clever she is. Does he find it annoying? No, he loves it. Oh, okay. He recommends her to everyone. So okay. there'll be police inspectors and he'll go, Oh, well, Miss Marple's in town. You should talk to her. And everyone goes, Really? This woman? But he, he thinks she's fantastic. And then there's the doctor... And there's another another woman, uh, Jane Hellier, who's a movie star. And these these people aren't important to the story. They're just at the dinner party and going to be guessing. Okay. So they're around. They're at a dinner party. And they're talking about how crimes can go undiscovered and unpunished. And so it's the Sir Henry Clithering is kind of uh, telling everyone that he believes that there's actually a large number of crimes that never get, no one ever finds out about them. Makes sense. But that the hope is that even though the law might not punish them, they'll be punished in their own way. So one of the, the, the kind of what they get into is that if a crime has happened, people don't know it's happened, people might suspect that a kind of a crime has happened. And so right. Miss Marple gives the example of there was this family in town who there some money was stolen out of a woman's purse and they suspected the daily woman, the cleaner who came in every day. And she, then the whole town started suspecting her of being a bad person. And it was later found out that it was actually the governess in the house. And so this daily woman, you know, had been 
suspected unjustly and therefore suffered and made kind of less money in the upcoming years. So they're talking about like how other people suffer if these crimes go unpunished because Ugh. no one knows who did it. Okay. And so Sir Henry Clithering has a crime of this kind of nature where there are four suspects that could have committed this crime and no one knows who did it. So all one person's guilty, the other three people are suffering the guilt because they can't prove who did it. So there was this guy, Mr. Rosen, and he, or Rosen, he's German, so picture however you pronounce that. And this book was written in 1932. So it could have been after the First or Second World War. Well, 32 would be after the First World War. Oh, right. Before the Second World War. <laughs> I was picturing... Yeah, yeah, it's nowhere, right, right, it's nowhere near the Second World War. <laughs> so it's the First World War. This is why you need guests on your show. <laughs> There, I've gotten a couple of people telling me how I pronounce things wrong, or I'll be trying to think of a word, and someone will tell me afterwards they've listened and gone, "This is the word you were thinking of." So, he he's German, and there had been after the war, there's been like this secret agency in Germany that just were they were going around basically committing crimes. I don't know what does a secret agency do? Secret stuff. Secret stuff. And so, and all the other powers in the world wanted kind of it to be destroyed, but they were so good at not giving themselves away that no one was able to take this organization down until this man, Mr. Rosen, worked his way up the ranks, got to the highest level, and took it down from the inside. Whoa. So, you can imagine he's got a target on him now. He's kind of, he's marked, right? Right. And so he recognizes this. He moves to England. He meets with Sir Henry Clithering. He's because he's a Scotland Yard commissioner, yep. and basically says, "I know I'm going to die. They're going to come kill me. It's just a matter of time. I'd like to live as long as possible. So if you can help me live as long as possible, that'd be great." So of course, five months later, he trips down the stairs and breaks his neck and dies. And to the outside world, it's just an accident. Whoa. He just fell down the stairs. But to Sir Henry Clithering and you know, the police, etc. they know, or they don't know, but they suspect that there Very was foul suspicious. play. So there were four other people living in the house at the time. He had moved to like a cottage in, in the country in England. Right. There was his niece, Greta, the cook who had been his, a servant to him for 40 years. Huh. Well, both must be. So yeah. They're, they're blameless. So her name was Gertrude. Then there's the secretary... Um, who I don't, we aren't given too much information about right away. And then there's the garden, Mr. Dobbs, who is from the town. So he had been hired after the fact. Uh-huh. Okay. So he's, he's kind of maybe the, the new person, but again, he's lived in this town his whole life in England. So how Does could it be care? him? And so then the other problem is, is that no one has an alibi for this time. Uh-huh. The, the cook is in the kitchen. So she says, Greta, the... The, the niece was in the garden, so she says. The gardener was in the shed having his elevenses, which is like tea. Yeah. So he says. And the secretary was on a walk, so he says. Wow. So it's unclear about could it who could it have been. Maybe it's all of them. Maybe. It's possible. They, like, it's exactly so they say. It could be. Because none of them were seen by anyone else. The other thing is, is that it's a small town, so they don't suspect that anyone came into town. Because everyone would have noticed a, like a stranger. Right. Uh, then I think Colonel Bantry asks, well, what's up with this secretary dude that we don't know anything about? And Sir Henry Clithering is like, okay, so I, I agree with you. I at first didn't think, I didn't think he was under suspicion because he was one of my men. He was an undercover police officer. I sent him. His name's Charles Templeton. 
but, and he, he kind of leaves it as a pause, and later on he'll go into it. Now he suspects him. And he's, it, because it's four suspects. He suspects everyone. Right. So, the other thing that's weird is why did Dr. Rosen, or sorry, Mr. Rosen get five months immunity? Like, why didn't they kill him right away? They think that they, the German society was trying to prove beyond a doubt that he was the cause of breaking up the secret society. And then they were going to send their, their, you know, notice to kill him. Right. So who did they send this? How did they get this information to this person to, to tell them, okay, it's time. So they, they look into who visited the house. The butcher came. He had been um, he had been bringing meat. He was looked into and found to be correct. The grocer's assistant, he brought some some butter and flour and coffee, and he's found to, he is the grocer's assistant. And then the postman had brought two um, circulars, which are like like catalogs for the niece Greta, a letter from the local town for the cook Gertrude, and then three letters for Doctor Rosen. I guess it is Doctor Rosen. One of them had a foreign stamp, so it was German. Yeah. And then two letters for the secretary, Mr. Templeton. And again, one of them had a foreign stamp. And so then they look into all of those. So the the catalogs were for, I think, a flout for a nursery and for a fur company. And then the letter to Dr. Rosen that had the foreign stamp said, My dear Rosen, just back from Dr. Helmuth Spatz. I saw Edgar Jackson the other day. He and Amos Perry have just come back from Tsingtao. In all honesty, I can't say I envy them the trip. Let me have news of you soon. As I said before, beware of a certain person. You know who I mean, though you don't agree. Yours, Georgine. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, so so that one was definitely interesting. And then Mr. Templeton had had a bill, and then the the envelope with the foreign stamp he had ripped up and thrown away on his walk so he can't produce it so that's suspicious and then the letter to gertrude read dear mrs swartz we're hoping as how you be able to come the social on friday evening the vicar says has he hopes you will one and all being welcome the recipe for the pam was very good and i thanks you for it hoping as this finds you well and that we shall see you friday i remain Yours faithfully, Emma Green. And so they looked into Emma Green. She's a real person in the town. Um, and then Mrs. Miss Marple asked to see the letter. And she says it's interesting that honesty was spelt with a capital H. And she points it out to Mrs. Bantry, who also finds it interesting. And they find it interesting that this is warning, um, warning to Dr. Rosen about, like, what is this warning? Apparently he had thrown it, the letter to his secretary at breakfast when he had read it um, and asked him if he knew what it meant. But neither of them could figure it out. Hmm. So then, then the kind of issue comes up about Sir Henry Clearing is kind of describing how the only person he's really worried about is Mr. Templeton, the secretary, because it was his own man. And so he, he now really suspects him of, of committing this crime and he wants to clear him of suspicion. And so this is what's kind of frustrating him so much is that he can't look on the, this policeman with the kind of same respect because he's not sure if he committed this crime or not. Because he he had said the, the letter was from his, I think, German cousin. So it was like he has family in Germany. Like he has these ties to Germany. So they can't, what, who knows what the war did. Same thing with the, with the niece. Who knows what the war did. Again, with the, sec, the servant. Who knows what the war did to them about their kind of uh, 
their ties to the to this man, Dr. Rosen. And so the other thing is that how it affected everyone. So Greta, the, the, the niece, had come to see Sir Henry Clithering, and she had been so upset because her and Mr. Templeton had kind of been falling in love. Hmm. But now they both suspected each other of committing this crime, and she was hoping that Sir Henry Clithering could kind of tell her that he was that Mr. Templeton wasn't guilty so that there could be this kind of like r- romance between them. But right. of course, Sir Henry Clithering couldn't say that because he wasn't sure himself. And for the, for the cook, she's, she's now under suspicion. This can't feel too good for her that people think that she killed her employer. And then they, they don't think that Dobbs will be really much affected by this because everyone in the town thought it was an accident. So they're, they're not really, they, Dobbs will probably find a job again, no problem. They don't think. So at this point, Sir Henry Clithering asks Miss Marple if she can solve this for him and kind of prove who did it so he can know. And of course, Miss Marple knows the answer. Right. Do you want to take a whack at it? That's all we got and you're supposed to answer? Yeah, and I to give your answer. <laughs> what? I know. I did not guess this. I I read it years ago. I reread it again today, but So we got the niece. Yeah. Who was outside in the garden. Yep. The cook was in the kitchen. Yep. The gardener was in the shed. And the secretary was out for a walk. Yeah, correct. Letters came that day. Yeah, so Mr. Rosen himself got three letters, one with a foreign stamp. The secretary got two letters, a bill, and another one with a foreign stamp. And foreign stamp is, they're saying, kind of from Germany. And the cook had gotten a letter from someone in town inviting her to a social at the vicarage or at the church. I think it was, that's the letter. Someone in town is her accomplice. And someone in town has gotten the letter and she sent her a coded letter saying, come to the social. Mm, And so it's like a keyword or something. It was a keyword. And the keyword was the the, uh, instruction to throw... Rosen downstairs. Okay. And they all had... Everyone was off by themselves, so it was easy for any of them, kind of. Easy, easy for everyone. Yeah. To do whatever. I think they say in the story, they could have could have pushed. You could have tied a string across the bottom of the stairs. Kind of anything. Make it look like an accident. Am I close? Final answer? Well, so I won't tell you who did it, but I'll tell you what... Miss Marple and Mrs. Bantry point out to everyone, and they go, "We're we're so sorry. You none of you are gardeners, and so you wouldn't recognize this." Oh. But when I read you that letter, and this is why, of course, I don't know, and you don't know, and no one's gonna know. But Doctor Helmuth Spatz is a type of flower. Edgar Jackson is a type of flower. Amos Perry is a type of flower. And what Miss Marple Polly points out that honesty was spelt with a capital H. Honesty is a type of flower. The cap, the first letters of all of those spell out death. Whoa. Oh, sink tau or whatever. That was also one of the ones I read. So they spell out death. And so the idea was is that Dr. But, it, but Dr. Rosen received that letter. It was addressed to him. But what did he do with the letter once he had read it at the dining room table? Uh, threw it out? 
He threw it across to his secretary saying, what uh, does this mean? Uh, so the secretary knew. And so so that, that's what Colonel Bantry says, well, of course, was the secretary. And, and Miss Marple basically chuckles to herself and goes, no, it proves his innocence even more that he ripped up that letter. No one would rip up a letter. Or that if he if he was going to rip up a letter, why wouldn't he rip up the letter to Dr. Rosen? He would get rid of it. He wouldn't let anyone know. I see. Right? But he let everyone know. But who else was sitting at the dining room table, as they would be, because they were all having breakfast together? My niece. The niece. And it would have been the easiest thing in the world for her to hold out her hand to read the letter as well. And she got a catalog from the gardener, the nursery that same day and so she'd be able to identify that those were flowers oh so she got the code so she got the code i was right about the code you're right about the code and she executed her uncle there you go and so it was that I- the idea of people turning against each other in the war after the war hold so a she- second we're not going to get any reason for why she turned against her uncle nope secret society that's just the way things go that's not a very good story you can <laughs> The niece has to have a reason to kill her uncle. Well, she—that was—that was the idea of the society. It's people just—you did what you were told. You're an underling. You're told to kill this person. You do it. What? Well, she had. She has a reason. They—they they wanted this guy dead. He tore apart their society. He was a. He was. A you gotta have man. some backstory. Why did she join the society? Well, you can't read Agatha Christie's if that's what you want. Oh man. <laughs> This is what's the what's the little little tinker soldier spy? Tinker tailor soldier spy. Yeah, it's not like that. That had lots of good backstory. Yeah, I'm sure it did. <laughs> Made it a little more believable. <laughs> oh my aunt, my niece, my niece killed me. Do you think he saw it coming? Clearly not. He invited his niece to live with him. Oh, yeah. That was dumb. It's like it's his brother or sister's child. What the? the yeah. I, you gotta get a refund on that one. <laughs> you gotta write Agatha, or whoever took over from Agatha. I think her nephew maybe is alive, kind of running things. No, grandson. Grandson. That sounds right. I was reading about the person who's authorized to write the. Well, now they've they have Sophie Hannah is someone they've kind of hired to keep writing it. quote-unquote Agatha Christie stories right um and then of course there's lots of people that write not not stories but kind of non-fiction about Poirot I guess it's not non-fiction but they'll write books about Poirot as a character or Miss Marple as a character right and then that was pretty short I was just kind of you know setting in for dad you almost fell asleep I don't think I could do a long story (laughs) with you that's true I was on the verge there I'm shocked you retained that information. <laughs> I thought you were gone. <laughs> um, well, I hope everyone at home who's listening wasn't hoping for a spy story and you're okay with the with the niece just killing her uncle. For no reason. For no reason. <laughs> um, I could just kill you right now. Hey. That would get a little drama. No, but you, you haven't been in a war I'm that turned you against me. I'm part of a secret society that you've never heard of. <laughs> It's a secret. Okay. Well, hopefully someone writes a story about it, so it's worthwhile. Wow. You got anything else to say? Oh, well, I I never would have got that. <laughs> I guess though, I knew to, I knew it wasn't going to be the secretary. Yeah. That's too obvious. Gardener, cook, or niece? And who did I pick? <laughs> the cook. 
The cook. So I was right. I was like, mm, Gardner. You thought it was a German probably one. Probably not. Probably not. So you thought the forty, the secret, the cook who had been with him for forty years turned against him. <sighs> well, she got a letter from someone in town. Yeah. I was. I was. I was. That's I was, fair. I was she looking for the. For she the, got uh, a letter. The niece for the didn't trigger. get a letter. Yeah. So how did the niece know? I didn't think she would. You know. Yeah. She's sitting at the dinner table, getting the the ungettable clue. Yep. With the four flowers. Four flowers that spelled death. Five flowers. Five flowers. Yep. Yeah, it's one of those... I feel like in these short stories, there has to be a trick like that because they're so quick. Right. That they can't. you can't have it be something... Okay. The same, the same kind of story as the long-form ones. Fair enough. Oh, uh, well, that was good. That was good. It was short. Yeah. Got to give it that, eh? Yeah. Short and sweet. Um... Well, thank you everyone at home for listening. Uh, if you'd like to support this show, you can subscribe to my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Tuesday Night Mystery Club, where you can click the link in the description. I'd like to thank my current patrons who are Barb McLean, Michael Barello, Emily Shilton, Debbie Kravis, and Emma Z. If you would like to follow along with uh, the Instagram for this podcast, that's Tuesday Night Mystery Club on Instagram. I post updates on podcast episodes when they come up and just general mystery book content and if you'd like to contact me give me some suggestions um maybe tell me how the war second world war was not before 1932 you can email me at tuesday night mystery club at gmail.com and that's all so good night (laughs) bye everybody